0: You may be seated. Welcome to Parallel Church. Happy Easter, everyone. Man, it's it's Easter. It's the most important day in the calendar for us as Christians. It's the day that changed everything, and here we are over 2,000 years later, still celebrating the amazing change. The transformation of the world. I don't know about you, but I'm here celebrating the transformation in me. All hail King Jesus. And the question that I want to I want to get to today is is what we're celebrating? Is this just a holiday and is what we're celebrating real? Is it is it true? Because if it is true, it changes everything. But if there's a sliver of doubt, if there's If there's a chance that it's not true, that it's just religious rhetoric, then well, Paul said it, all of this is a waste of time. So it's worth investigating, don't you think? And knowing that we know, and I know for many of you, I grew up in the church and I've got questions. And many of you have grown up in the church and you still have questions. Well, we need to settle those questions. At least about this, most of all about the resurrection most of all. And if you're new to church, maybe somebody drug you here and you're like, this is just religious rhetoric, what's this all about? If that's you, you need to know if this is just religion or if this is something else, and if it's true. And what makes Christian? you know there's 4,200 different religions on the planet, but there's only one empty tomb. What makes Christianity different? It's today. It's Easter. But how can we know it's true? I mean, really, no. I, I want to go to the scriptures, of course, and go through the story of, of Easter. And I wanna, I'm going to take it from the book of Luke. And, and one of the reasons why I want to take it from the book of Luke is because of how Luke starts his entire book. For those of you who don't know, Luke was a doctor. Uh, yeah, he had medical practice, but he also was a doctor and, and highly educated. And he wrote, he wrote an account, and this is what he said in Luke chapter one about the letter that he was writing. He said, many have undertaken to draw an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. Just in that one sentence, I could park there for a while. And he says, many have, have written these accounts down. So then the question begs to, be asked. So why another one? Like, why, Luke, are you writing another account? And one of the things he hints at it, just in this sentence alone, but he'll give us the explanation just in a moment. But he says, because these things didn't happen in a land far, far away, in a a time far, far away, this happened among us. And we need to write an account of what happened was fulfilled among us. Just as they were handed down to us from those who were first eyewitnesses and servants of the word. So he says, that happened among us, but there are still, at the time of Luke's writing, there are still people living who witnessed these with their own eyes. Not some hearsay, not some religious rhetoric, not some in the land, land far away. Eyewitnesses happen now. And then he says this, with this in mind... Since I myself have carefully investigated, and this is what I'm going to invite you to do. You need to, believer or not believer, you need to carefully investigate everything from its beginning. You need to carefully investigate, especially the event of Easter, of the resurrection of Jesus. He did careful investigation. while well, as a highly educated doctor... He would have investigated and done detailed research. He would have taken interviews with these eyewitnesses accounts. And he's not writing. When Luke's writing this, he's not writing the Bible. He's writing. Look at it. He says, I too decided to take an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. The book of Luke is a letter to a man named Theophilus for why? So that you may know the certainty. And this is what we come here to. Discuss the certainty We may know for sure that this is not just because my parents told me or my grandparents told me or you know, I, this is because I grew up in the West. This, no, no. He says, you need to know the certainty of the things you have been taught. So he's writing this account. And when Luke writes this, he's not writing the Bible because the Bible has yet to be formed. And in fact, it wouldn't be formed until 300 years late, after Luke wrote this letter. He's not writing the Bible. Yet what Luke investigated and researched was so protected by the church, so valued by the church, that they guarded it and protected it for over 300 years, and it was eventually included in what we now have as the Bible. So with that in mind, let's go and look at how Luke records the events surrounding the resurrection of Jesus. Luke chapter 24, he says this. He says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. When the women women went to the tomb, they weren't going with the expectation of this was something special. They were going to just simply perform, you know, ritual, um, what was then known as rituals among the Jews. that They were performing burial rituals of a dead friend. That's what they went there for. Verse two says, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. And in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? And then the angels quote verbatim what Jesus said. The son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. And then it says this in verse eight. It says, then they remembered his words. (laughs) Then. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb... They told all these things to the 11. The 11 being Jesus' disciples. His closest followers had spent three years with him. They came to the 11 and to all of the others that were gathered. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James. It's interesting that, that Luke includes specific names. Again, remember he's writing to people, eyewitnesses in the account. And he's listing names. You don't put that in there if you're being vague because anyone could go to any one of these women and say, Is this true? Did this really happen like this? He puts their names in there. And they came, these three women came to the apostles, to the, the, the 11, and said this. And they told them about it. But they did not believe the women, look at this, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. <laughs> and I'm thinking, if you're writing the Bible, you, you might want to skip that part. I mean, these are the 11. These are Peter, James, and John, Matthew. Like, these are the 11 who witnessed Jesus walk on water, who witnessed Jesus calm a storm with just his words, who witnessed Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead, who witnessed Jesus heal the the sick, the blind, the the deaf, the lame, who fed 5,000. These are the 11. And in this, when the women came back and told them, to them it seemed like nonsense, which honestly is a little bit encouraging for me. Because I'm thinking if they were there walking with him, talking with him, witnessing all these things firsthand and they found it hard to believe, we're we're okay. We're okay if we question things and find it hard to believe. Peter however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. Peter, St. Peter, St. Peter's Basilica, that Peter, left the empty tomb, wondering what happened. If you're writing the Bible, you might skip that part. I'm thinking, Peter's telling Luke all that went on, and Luke's like writing down. He's like, ah, do, do you have to include that? We can, we can just skip that part. <laughs> Luke continues on. He says, now the same day, two of them, two of, two of the disciples of the inner circle, were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. Interesting. And Jesus asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? And they stood still, their faces downcast. they're downcast and we're going to see why they're downcast even though and we're going to see it in a moment even though the women told them that the tomb is empty and that the angels told them that he's risen even though peter went and discovered that the women were telling truth about the tomb being empty they're still downcast and one of them named cleopas asked him Asked Jesus, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there? This caught my attention. And the reason why it caught my attention is because I'm thinking wait, this just didn't happen. The events of Jesus, the crucifixion of Jesus, all of the empty, none of this happened with just a small circle. According to these guys, all of Jerusalem was aware. Which means Luke Luke is not writing. Hundreds of years later, he's writing in the time it happened among us, meaning that what he's writing, the eyewitnesses, and everything that's going on, anyone could have said that's bunk, yeah. Yeah. you know that, that's not true, that didn't really happen. I was there, I saw it. But what he's writing is is any all of Jerusalem know and they go like, "Well, I didn't know, I didn't know," all of Jerusalem, which makes me think if all of Jerusalem knows. Do I, is there more accounts than just the Bible? Because if, if all the Jerusalem knows, surely there'd be other historical accounts that would verify more than just the believers, just the followers, more accounts that would verify that the events that occurred occurred. So I'm glad you asked that question. Because <laughs> there are. In fact, there's 15 other historical accounts, his, historians, not all Jews, not all Romans, Syrians, Greeks, like there's a bunch, the whole region that write accounts, not all believers, not the Bible, that write accounts that of Jesus' life, his death, the way that he died, and his sudden disappearance three days later, verified by the fact that all of his followers said that he is resurrected and they saw him. And... and Here's one, of, here's one of, you know, non-Bible, a Jewish historian named uh, Flavius Josephus was a non-Christian Jewish historian, best known for his, his writings on the destruction of Jerusalem that happened in 70 AD by the Romans. This is what he wrote. He says, At this time there was a wise man who was called Jesus. His conduct was good, and he was known to be virtuous. And many people from among the Jews and other nations became his disciples. Pilate condemned him to be crucified and to die, but those who had become his disciples did not abandon his discipleship. And they reported that he had appeared to them three days after his crucifixion, that he was alive. Accordingly, he was perhaps the Messiah concerning who the prophets have recounted wonders. Not a Christian, a Jewish historian. And he wasn't the only one. Like I said, there's 15 others. I'll give you 10 of them. And if you want, I'd encourage you to investigate just like Luke investigated. Not just in what's in the Bible... But investigate historically. And here's, I'll, I'll give you, I'll put, I'll give the names up there. I've included 10 of the 15 because I can't pr- pronounce the other five. <laughs> Lucian of Samoset is a Greek author. He wrote about Jesus, his death, resurrection. Justin Martyr was a Christian historian. He wrote about Jesus, his death, his resurrection. Pliny the Younger was a Roman governor who in Who actively persecuted Christians, but he wrote about the life of Jesus, the death of Jesus, the way he died, and whose hand he died by. Mara Bar Serapion was a Syrian philosopher. He wrote about the the life, death, resurrection of Jesus. Suetonius was a Roman historian, biographer, and secretary to Emperor Hadrian. He wrote about Jesus. Cornelius Tactius was a Roman senator and historian from 14 to 68 A.D. He wrote about Jesus. Thallus, a non-Christian historian, what I found most fascinating is the Jewish rabbinic Talmud, which is the Jewish kind of is the Jewish book for Judaism. They they are trying they're writing to trying to debunk Jesus as being the Messiah, yet they they couldn't, they wrote soon after that, they couldn't deny that he lived, that he died, that he suddenly disappeared. They wrote of the same accounts, historical accounts, about Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Um, Clement of Rome was a bishop and martyr. He wrote about Jesus. And I encourage you, search it out, investigate it yourself, and see that there's multiple historical accounts of the life, the death, the disappearance of Jesus. So these guys are on the road, and they're saying, you know, are you the only one in Jerusalem who hasn't heard? And I love Jesus. I, I love Jesus. Like, he makes me laugh. Because look at how he answers. What things? What, what are you talking about? And they say, about Jesus Nazareth," they replied, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. And this hit me, this hit me really hard. These are Jesus' disciples, again, who saw him walk on water, feed the 5,000, heal the sick, raise Lazarus from the dead, calm a storm with just his words. And before they got the revelation of his resurrection, to, the, to them still... Jesus was still a prophet, a great teacher, and a miracle worker. They go on, they say, the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. And I love this. But we had hoped he was the one. That's why their faces were downcast. We had hoped. We had hoped he was the one who's going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it's the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us, and they went down to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. See, they were not unaware of, of the women, what they had discovered. And they came and told us we had seen visions of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions, Peter and John, this is not just some of our this is Peter and John, went to the tomb and found it was, as the woman had said, but they did not see Jesus. And he said to them, look at Jesus' response. He says to them, how foolish you are. Not because you didn't believe him, But look at he says, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. And he's talking to them as Jewish men of all the things that they had read in here. And so what does he do? He says, did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and enter his glory? And he began to explain, he beginning with Moses and all the prophets explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. And I think he would have quoted things like Isaiah. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our sins were upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. He would have mentioned David, who said that he's a man of sorrows, you know, counting with grief. He would have mentioned Ezekiel, saying that when the dry bones live you will know he is the Lord. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay among them. And when he, he was at the table with them, he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized, I would love to see a replay of that. <gasps> and he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? See, listen, 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 listen. This is more than the law. This is not a religious book. This is not a rule book. This is a book about the king. And when they had read it as the law and as a religious book and as the right thing to do as Jews, to them it was dead and meaningless. But when Jesus opened it up and pointed all of the references to him in there, they said it burned inside of us. And it will if you read this as a rule book, you're going to be bored. You're going to be confused. If you read this as a religious book, you might be mad. But if you read this and see the king, it's going to burn inside you too. And then they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. Seven miles. They ran back at night time. This is not safe. They ran back because they had to share. And they found the eleven and those with them assembled together. And look what they said. Look what they said. They said, it is true. It's true. Then they said this. The Lord has risen. Not the prophet, not the teacher, not the miracle worker. The Lord has risen. The king is risen. In other words, they just had a revelation that he's more than just a prophet. He's more than just a teacher. He's more than just a miracle worker. He is king. He is God. He did what he said he would do. He pulled it off. He is risen. And it changed Everything. It changed everything to the degree that the cowards who ran away upon Jesus' arrest went to their own graves, many of them horrific deaths, being tortured with this revelation and proclamation to the risen king. And here we are, 2,000 years later, still. Celebrating, not a holiday, but a historical event that changed everything. Paul would write this in Ephesians to the church in Ephesus. He said, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. And I quote that often. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. But look at this. He says, and at the same time, the same power raised Jesus from the dead and sealed him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realm. The moment that Jesus walked out of that grave, he went into Jerusalem a week before being hailed as king. But he walked out of that grave as the king of kings. Just to double down on that, Paul continues. He says, now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. Not only in this world. He's king here. He's not king far off. He's king here. Not only in this world, but in the world to come. And God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of himself. No, it doesn't. It says for the benefit of the church. And this is why we celebrate. This is why today is a big deal. This is why. This is, this is more than just a typical worship service. This is, this is why. Because, listen, the resurrected king is resurrecting me. And because the king walked out of the grave, that means that we too, yeah. at the trumpet sound, will walk out of the grave. That this, that this life is not the end. That there is something that is true. Not because, not because we wish it to be, but because what he did. Yeah. Because the event. Today's takeaway is simply before the resurrection, Jesus was perceived as just a good teacher. The resurrection proves once and for all, He is God. So, my challenge to you is you need to know, you need to investigate thoroughly, you don't need to believe all of the Bible. You don't need to agree with all of the Bible. You don't need, you don't need to like his church or believe what his church stands for or against. All you need to believe, all you need to know for certain is did he really walk out of that grave? Is the resurrection true because if it is? That changes everything. Paul said it. He says, if Christ's not raised, if it didn't happen, this is all worthless. It's futile. And you are still in your sins, which that means, that's Bible speak for, that this life is the end, that we're gonna have to pay yourself. But if he did walk out of that grave, If he did, then he is king. And if he did walk out of that grave, I'm forgiven. And I can walk out too. God, we thank you. Thank you. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd stir inside our hearts too. And I pray that we would be open to investigation, to investigating this event. And, And Jesus, and we would be open to relationship with you too. So you're more than a prophet, a teacher, a miracle worker, You're the king and we worship you, our resurrected king. There's more evidence of the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus than any other historical figure ever. There's more proof that Jesus lived, died, and rose again than there is that Julius Caesar ever existed. That Genghis Khan ever existed. Any of the historical figures, there's more evidence of Jesus than any of those. And in order to find salvation yourself, you don't need... You don't need to believe all the Bible put it all off. All you need to do according to Paul is you need to confess with your mouth that Jesus is God and believe in your heart that he rose again from the dead and then you will be saved. That's salvation for you too. I'm gonna lead us in a prayer right now that just, does just that. We're gonna confess with our mouth that Jesus is God. And if you pray this prayer and you mean it, you believe it right here, right now, you can find salvation too. And you can be part of the family of God and begin a relationship, personal relationship with Him. It's not joining a religion. It's not joining a church. It's personal, you and Him. So let's pray this together. If you're watching online, Happy Easter, all of you. Would you pray this with me wherever you are as well? Everyone repeat this after me. Dear Jesus, I confess that you are God. And I believe that you rose again from the dead. And I ask you right now to become my God my lord and savior and my friend thank you for forgiving me of all my wrongs and for accepting me just as i am i give my heart to you in jesus name amen i'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes and bow your heads if you prayed this prayer for the first time would just boldly raise up your hand and give me a wave and say yeah pastor i prayed this prayer for the first time thank you thank you Thank you, thank you, thank you. Awesome. Amen. I'll look around one more time. Make sure I didn't miss anyone. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Amen, amen. If Come on.